All right, so the title of our message is Walk in a Worthy Manner. We're going to focus on Ephesians chapter 4. And there's a few things, um, you know, that uh, I've noticed um, that I think these scriptures are going to help us with. Uh, walk. So we're going to start in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. It says, there, I, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. So it says right here, walk in a manner worthy, a manner worthy of the calling. That word right there. There's a calling in our life when we, um, when God has called us to walk like him. You know, when Jesus said, he said, uh, come follow me. That's a calling. It's not just, um, it's not just an assignment. It's a, it's a calling. You know what I'm saying? He's calling after you. Come follow after me but when that when, when that's a loaded statement though you know come follow me what's that mean it means a lot it means a lot you know, it means scripture says unless a man uh picks up his cross and follows me he cannot be my disciple so there's a, ma a measure of dying and there's a measure of, a, of our old self passing away you know there's a measure of uh getting a new calling as far as a new purpose you know the scripture says that for i'll make you fishers of men Right? Chapter 5. Getting into the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken, and so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. So this is Luke chapter 5. What I want to point out here is when Peter comes to Jesus, when Peter, when Jesus is preaching, he preaches, then he does a miraculous catch, then Peter says, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. So this is interesting. When Peter was confronted with Jesus, when Jesus encountered him, he had just seen an amazing miracle, right? Mm -hmm. Jesus didn't point out to Peter his sin. Peter recognized his own sin. It was the goodness of Jesus. It was Jesus' amazingness that caused Peter to say, I'm unworthy to be in your presence. You know, and then he says, depart from me from a sinful man. But then Jesus refocuses it, and he does not say, yeah, you're right, you're a sinner, you need me. You know what I mean? He doesn't even say it. Peter recognized his sin. Peter recognized his condition. Jesus um, re-conditioned. Peter recognized his current condition. Depart from me, I'm a sinful man. Jesus reconditioned and said, From now on, you'll be catching men. From now on. So here's Peter focusing on his current condition. 
And here's Jesus reconditioning from now on. Y'all catching it? <laughs> from now on. Quit looking at where you came from. Quit looking at who you think you are. Oh, this is just the way I have always been. You're not allowed to do that anymore. You can no longer identify with the old man. We can never longer, we can no longer identify with, well, this is just the way it's always been. Our past. Jesus says, well, from now on, let me recondition your brain. Because in your brain, you're thinking here. I want you to think over here. We're not there anymore. We're moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Well, man, I just can't overcome. Stop it. From now on, you will be fishers of men. From now on, this is your new purpose. Your new, well, this is the way I've always done it. Well, it never worked out for you, did it? So why don't we try something new? <laughs> well, we've been fishing all night long, Jesus. Well, let's try something new. Put your nets on the right-hand side. You see? Such a good word. Peter, Jesus, we've been doing this all, we've been, look, <laughs> 30 years, I got 30 years of experience in this. I've been fishing all night long. I'm a grown man. I've heard people say it to me. I'm a grown man. What you're telling me is you've been fishing all night long, but you haven't caught anything. From now on, let's recondition. Does that make sense? I'm saying a lot without saying it. I'm saying a lot with leaving some gaps, letting hope, hoping the Holy Spirit will fill in some things, whatever. Fill in your blank. Well, man, I'm, what is it you say in your mind? Well, this is the way it's always been. This is what I've always been doing. We've been fishing all night long. See? What is it in your life? that has been unfruitful, that you've been doing all night long. It's a really good word. This, has, this thing's loaded. <laughs> this thing's more loaded than I thought. I thought I was just turning to a pass-by scripture. Ends up being probably the meat of this entire thing. Depart from me, I'm a sinful man. Have you ever gotten to the point where you're trying to change your life? And then you're like, just forget it, I'm a sinful man. Have you ever said to yourself in your heart, it's a rhetorical question, you have to answer. <laughs> yeah, have you, ever, have you ever tried to follow God? And you're just like, man, it's hopeless, you know? Depart from me, I'm a sinful man. I mean, you just saw God move, too, right? Well, we've been fishing all night long! Jesus, well, put your nets on the right-hand side. So you put your nets on the right-hand side, all of a sudden, things start happening. Golly, man, I started trusting Jesus. And then these things start happening, but all of a sudden there's a question. There's a second guess. Yeah. Right. right? You start second guessing yourself. Well, I don't know if this is going to work out. I'm a sinful man. What's not about you anyway? <laughs> right? Jesus is trying to make a point here. You've already fished all night long. We established that you don't know how to do things. <laughs> right? I've been fishing all the time. Well, we already established that your life is fruitful, unfruitful. Now you're trusting in him, and then all of a sudden you get that catch of fish. But then you start second-guessing yourself. Man, I'm a sinful man. Depart from me. You know, how many times do you even mess up? You start following God, you mess up, now you feel ashamed, right? 
You might have even seen, check this out. You know what You know what it is? People get discouraged when they see God move. They saw him moving in their life. And then all of a sudden, they start, they stop focusing on him. They start focusing on themselves. You know? Amen. And then they get ashamed. Because now they're not making it. They're not accomplishing it. They're not, they're not uh, living up to that standard. You know, oh man, I already saw God move, but I'm such a messed up person. How could God love me? How could he, you know? The whole point was, no, that's why Jesus says, let's recondition. Let's refocus. From now on, you'll be catching men. So when we come to God, it says, walk in a manner worthy of your calling. This is the call. It's not saying that you're, uh, you're you know, like we've been hearing from Dwayne, actually. It's funny. It's always funny. Like we've been hearing about from Dwayne, uh, don't walk in a don't. Uh, you're not walking in the manner to become worthy. You're not walking in a manner to attain a calling. You know, now you've already been called. Now you just be what you're. You just do what you're being. You know, do what you are. Do what your calling is. You know, so I call the calling is like this, dude. If I look at that stool and I say it's a stool. It has a calling. I've called it the stool. That table has a calling. I've called it a table. It is just going to be a table. You know what I mean? And being a table, it's going to do what tables do. Hold stuff. Let us eat on it. You know what I mean? A heater. That's probably the best description. Got this heater right here. Right? It's got a calling on it. We called it a heater. What's it do? It heats. It just does what it is. It doesn't have to try very hard. It just... See what I'm saying? And so, that's why that's why when Peter comes to Jesus and says, Depart from me, I'm a sinful man. Jesus says, No, let me give you a new calling. You're now a fisher of men. You're going to be catching men. Stop focusing on that old, old self. And don't, and no longer be... You're not a victim anymore. You're not a victim... Anymore of your circumstances, we've been fishing all night long, uh, Jesus. You're no longer a victim of your circumstances. <clears throat> I'm a sinful man. Apart from you, you're no longer a victim of your circumstances. You are now righteous and holy, and you have a purpose. You have a calling based on what Jesus said about you, not anyone else is saying about you. Not what your parents said about you, not what your wife said about you, girlfriend, brothers and sisters. You, your whole life is no longer def defined by those things anymore. Life's now defined by what Jesus said about you. We're going to go over here to Ephesians chapter 4, okay? Walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you were called, with all humility. So walk in a manner worthy of your calling to which you have been called, watch this, with all humility. You know, this is the only way you can get it, right here. Humility. Humility means you're not stuck in your way. So good. <laughs> oh, man. You know, so many times when we deal with problems, people will say, man, well, you know me, Zach. This is how I always deal with things. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is not how we do things no more. Right? You've been fishing all night long. Let's put your net on the other side. Right? But you know me, Zach. I always do it like this. No, we don't deal with it like that anymore. We're changing our ways. Which, does it make sense? 
I'm not trying to hurt. I'm not trying to like harp on something. I'm trying to point. I'm trying to unfold something. You know what I mean? I'm trying to unfold something a little bit to help us realize something more about ourselves. When we say statements like that, well, this is the way I've always done it. You're not acting humbly. Now, you may be hashing it out in that moment. You know what I mean? You may be humbling yourself. And you're recognizing, well, this is the way I've always done it. But don't allow that to keep you doing it the same way you've always done it. Let that be a self-revelation. Depart from me, I'm a sinful man. Now allow Jesus to come and say, yeah, but I'm going to make you a fisher of men. We've been fishing all night long. Okay, put your net on the right-hand side. So it's important to recognize where you were as long as you recognize that was without Jesus. It's, always, it's important to recognize that the problem isn't that you've done it all night long. The problem is you were doing it without Jesus. In my mind, I'm thinking, well, this is the way I've always done it. Yeah, okay, you've always done it. Basically, when I hear this, this is where it's got you. Exactly. When I hear this phrase, this is the way we've always done it, what I'm hearing is we've been fishing all night long. And what that means is no fruit. No fruit to show, right? So anytime I hear that, well, this is the way we've always done it. This is the way I've always done it. This is the, just, or you know me. This is the, no, no, I don't know you. That's the old guy. He's dead. You see? You don't know men after their own flesh. Exactly. You don't know anyone according to the flesh. No, no, that's your flesh talking. That's who you were. It's not who you are. It's not how you do things anymore. It's good stuff. Walking in humility. Walk in humility, right? Walk in a manner worthy of your calling, which you've been called with all humility, which means you're throwing away your old way. You're saying, the whole, you know what? You know me. It's never worked. <laughs> right? That's how you should follow up the statement. It's okay to say, you know, you know me. Why? Because we're trying to understand one another. It's important for me. I'm talking to somebody who's dealing with an old way of thinking. For me to understand, yeah, that's the way he's always done it. But it's important for them to realize it doesn't ever work. You know me. This is how he's always done it. Then they should follow up with, it's never worked. <laughs> so I'm trying to change my ways. That make sense? That's how that statement should finish. Okay, I got it all. Make sense? All right, can I erase this now? <laughs> so we're reconditioning. Oh, this is so good. This is so good. It's better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> where were we were also? Luke chapter 4? Is that where we were? Yes. Luke chapter 4. Uh, Luke chapter no, 5. 5 what? Yes. 5-8, where Peter says, apart from me. Apart from me. So, I'm going to write over here. We're walking in humility. We're walking in a manner worthy of our calling with all humility. Humility acknowledges my way doesn't work. That's what it's basically saying. Okay? With all humility. With gentleness. How do, you, how do you become gentle? You know? You become gentle when you understand something. Right? Like this. I've been telling everybody, hey, be gentle with this heater. We have one that we broke already. Right? You can't be gentle unless you understand it can be broken. Mm -hmm. Humility is recognizing that your way doesn't work. Gentleness recognizes that something can be broken. So, what is he talking about? 
you're being gentle not for yourself, for other people. Yeah. Because they can be broken. You, in fact, they probably have been broken. Good stuff. So, this is so good, dude. This is so good. So when you're dealing with people, your first statement should be, my way hasn't worked. The second statement should be, I know they're broken, or I know they can be broken. It's love. Gentleness is rooted in love. You know, not manipulation. Not like, oh, I know how to break them. I just know where to push them. I know what to do to make them really go off the handle, right? No, that's not gentleness. That's hate. Spiteful. <coughs> right? What this is, is truly selflessness. Learning how to be selfless. Learning how to think of others first. <laughs> it's just such a good word. All around, baby. This is good. <laughs> Gentleness. Understanding. This is Holy Spirit, man. It can be broken. Humility, understanding, my way doesn't work. Patience. Another word for that is called long-suffering. Long-suffering. You know what that means? Means you're gonna suffer a long time. <laughs> Actually, the Greek word is macrothumia, which means big thermometer. Wow. Which means it takes a long time to boil to to a boiling point. See what I'm saying? It doesn't get angry quickly. Patience. How do you understand? How, listen. When you realize your way doesn't work, when you, re you realize that that person can be broken that you're dealing with, it helps you be patient. Because it becomes love at this point, right? When I look at my child, look, it's, it's easier to look at a child and be more patient with a child than it is with a grown man, right? Because right? you're more understanding of that child, right? You think of him as weak, you think of that child as immature, you think of that Child is not understanding everything that's going on. Not knowing. Being, yeah, being ignorant, right? So it gives you a little bit more patience for them. I mean, how many times have, have you seen someone crying, a little kid crying in a store, and sometimes you give him a pass just because he's a kid, right? Right? Well, he's just a kid. Now, some people get irritable, you know, understandably. The only time you lose patience is when you expect more from them. You know? <laughs> well, sometimes it, you can't expect more from them. Sometimes you have to realize where they are. So patience diagnoses. Hmm, what kind of a person am I dealing with? A mature person or an immature person? Yes. When you, when you realize you're dealing with someone who may not be may not be mature, that gives you a little bit more patience. You know what I mean? It's a good word. Patience. What this is, man, is to bear you understand um, 
mercy. When you understand that you've been shown mercy, Amen. it helps you uh, show mercy. Okay? Patience does that. And you're like, you know what? Someone had to someone had to help me learn that. You know, like if you're like for instance, if you're going to work at a job or something, right? And, and you start helping somebody who doesn't know how to do it. It's you remembering how much how long it took you to learn that skill that gives you the patience to teach someone else that skill. But if if you don't remember, it's all about remembering. If you forget that it took some time, somebody else had to walk you through it. If you forget about that, then it's hard for you to have patience. But when you're like, you know what, I remember, I remember when I was walking through that. You know, okay, I can help. I can, I can be patient for this with this guy. You know what I mean? Amen. What's the next one? Bearing with, ooh, bearing with one another in love. All this has to do with love. Bearing with one another in love. And then the last one. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the spirit. Oh, yeah. yourselves together with peace. So mine says, eager to maintain the unity. Hmm. All right. Love and unity. What is the worthy manner? The worthy manner. The manner worthy of your calling is bearing with one another in love and maintaining unity. If we don't maintain unity, this, okay, how do we know what's the end result? This is what this is saying. What binds up humility, gentleness, and patience is love. That's what binds that whole thing up, okay? You're bearing with one another in love. So these three things, humility, gentleness, and patience, they are bound up in love. That's why it says, bearing with one another in love. Now, the next part says, eager to maintain the unity. So, when these things happen, this is the byproduct. Unity. How do you get... Okay, so when you're not in unity, here's how you know you're not... You can diagnose it right here. So, the house is in division. Why is the house in division? Is someone prideful? Is someone... A little bit um, rough with other people um, is someone impatient. Those three things right there affect unity. Amen. It's really good. If we want to walk in unity, these are the three things we must practice on a regular day basis. Okay, bound up in love, rooted in love. Okay, you can't get you can't give love if you've never been shown love. That's true. How can you? Mm, so that's the other thing that gives you patience. Understanding. Again, you remember, all this stuff has to do with understanding. You understand my way doesn't work. You understand that person can be broken. You understand mercy, right? So lack of understanding causes you to, to not be humble. Lack of understanding causes you to not be gentle. Lack of understanding causes you to not be patient. Lack of understanding. You see? When you understand that person's never been loved before. They don't know how to love. You know what? I'll show them a little bit more patience. You see? It's really good. When you realize that person, 
doesn't know what he's saying and how he's affecting me. Right. He just doesn't know. Mm -hmm. You know, I can show him a little bit more patience. That's good. That person doesn't know that when he gets angry like that, it affects me like this. He just knows, so I'm going to show him a little bit more patience. Mercy on both ends. A lot of times people think that mercy just has to do with an actual offense. A lot of times, mercy has to be used even when there's a perceived offense. Let me say that again. Mercy isn't just for actual offenses. Mercy is also for perceived offenses. This means that someone offended you and they might not even meant it. They might not even know that they're doing it. It might not even be a real offense. It may be something you have perceived. That's what I'm studying on right now. Mercy is also for that. For offenses. We must show mercy for that too. You know. And that and it really comes from understanding how much you've been forgiven. Why? How many times have you sinned unintentionally towards God? You know? Seventy times seven. <laughs> <laughs> Seventy times that's a good answer. You know, when we when we realized, man, I, I, look, I mean, I remember telling God, God, please don't forget me. I remember that was my prayer. God, please don't forget me. Forget me. Yeah. Hmm. I don't want him to forget me. What I meant by that was I didn't want him when it was time for judgment day. Oh, depart from me, for you never knew me. I didn't. I don't want him to forget me. Hmm. I don't know it seems like a silly prayer, but it was a fear of mine. Oh. Well, my will. It, it was a fear for me. I said, man, Lord, don't forget me. And it's because mm. of unintentional sin. We think of that as less. Sin is sin. Amen. We think unintentional sin, you know... I mean, for instance, when, when I have an unintentional sin towards somebody else, I expect them to show me some mercy, right? When you unintentionally sin towards somebody, you hope that they would show you mercy. But in God's eyes, an unintentional sin is still punishable by death as much as, as a normal sin. A sin is a sin is a sin. Exactly. So when I realized how much unintentional sin, it's like when Dwayne says that he was in class, and they told him, write down all your sins. He says, give me another piece of paper, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I thought to myself, I remember the same, I had some similar experiences when they were saying, you know, in order to get saved, you have to confess all your sins. And I thought to myself, what if I forget one? I'm go. going to hell. That's it. Yeah. Unintentional sin or forgotten sin. You know? So I cry out to God, don't forget me. Hmm. And then finally I realized, uh, I looked up, I found this little uh, bookmark and it had the name Zachary on it. And it it gives the definition of what Zachary means, and it means this was one of my biggest fears, and my name answered the question. The, the word Zachary, it was such a powerful thing for me. I grew up all my life worrying if God would forget me, and it wasn't until I got into college, getting my Bible degree, I found this little, out of all the things that I was studying in college, <laughs> I found a bookmark with my name on it, Zachary, and it gives me the definition of what that name means. Mm. And I was at college, like, trying to get all this Bible knowledge, and I found a freaking bookmark. <laughs> it's not even in the class. God's not going to use it the way you want. Zachary means mm. God, God will remember. remember. Wow, that is wild. 
God remembers. Huh. And I thought, are you kidding me? And the answer, it was a huge answer to my prayer. God, don't forget me. Don't forget me. And my name means God remembers. And I, I didn't know it until, I didn't find that out until later. Wow. God remembers. Sweet. And, you know, I might be a little bit off on that. My point is I found a bookmark with my name on it, Zachary, and it, it was all about how God remembers. Mm. So big, big moment for me. Unintentional sin. We show mercy towards people that unintentionally sin. You know? It says, maintain unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Remembered by God. It does, you looked it up? Yeah, remembered, remembered by, God. by God. Oh, that's even better than what I said. Remembered by God. That's good. So, the bond of peace. So, if we're not having peace, which is unity, right? Then you have to understand, when you ask yourself, why is there no peace? Why are we not unified in this moment? You have, to, you have to ask yourself, am I being humble? Am I being gentle? Am I being patient? Because I guarantee you, no matter what that person does, they could be opposite of these things. But if you are humble, if you are gentle, and if you are patient, unity will happen. Why? Because everybody wants mercy. Everybody wants someone to understand. Everyone wants somebody to get on their level. You know what I mean? Be patient with them. And check this out. Ooh, that's good stuff. Everybody, look, I'm telling you, I've, I've turned enemies into my friends because of this. Because that bully of mine is a bully for a reason. That annoying guy who won't leave me alone Sorry. is annoying for a reason. Because people weren't gentle with him. People weren't patient with him, and people lorded over him. That's why, think about this. That's why people become like this. Someone becomes a bully because no one was gentle with him. Think about that for a minute. Someone becomes annoying because people weren't patient with him. So you want to fix those things in somebody else? Show a little humility, show a little gentleness, show a little patience. You'll solve it. That's what they're looking for anyway. You gotta fix the thing yourself when you fix the thing somebody else. Every problem that you mm, every problem you have with somebody else can be solved with those three things. Mm, so really good, dude. Every problem you have with somebody else. Let's say that again. Any problem you have with someone else can be solved if you fix these three things in your heart. If you will be humble, if you will be gentle, and if you will be patient, you will solve their problem. Because that's what they're looking for. That's why, they're, that's why they're such a jerk. Because no one's been gentle with them. If you're gentle with them, they'll become your friend. That person who's annoying, no one's been patient with them. So, if you show them some patience, you'll solve that problem too. That's their need. That's what they need. They need someone to be humble. They need someone to be gentle. They need someone to be patient with them. And then all of a sudden, they'll stop being such a hard nose. All of a sudden, they'll, they'll, they'll shut up and listen. You see? Powerful stuff. What's the third one? Humility, gentleness, patience. Right. It's so funny. What these things, these things are, humility, gentleness, and patience, that sums up this statement here. What is this doing? That is bearing with one another in love. What does it result in? Unity. 
Yes. And fruit, yeah. Now, when we put Jesus in the mix, well, you can't do this without Jesus. Why? Because Jesus had to humble himself to the point of death. You're following him, exactly. If you do these three things, you're acting like Jesus. Humility. Jesus said in Philippians, I think Philippians chapter 4, let's go there. 2 verse 1 through uh, 11. Can I read it? <clears throat> mm -hmm. okay. Is there any encouragement? This is from the NLT, though. Uh, is there any encouragement from the beginning for the belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tendered and compassionate? Then make mm. me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly mm. with each other, loving one another, and work to get, working together with one, with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as well, better than yourself. Don't try to impress others. Yes. What verse is that? Three. Do nothing. Mine says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Can you read yours translation? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Try. Do not try. Don't try to impress others. Be well, humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Wow. Verse 3 only. Just read verse 3 only. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourself. Wow. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also the interests of others. This is the next verse. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Yes. Oh, you have the Verse 5. Seven. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, watch this verse 7, but emptied himself, hmm. emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. And bestowed on him the name that is above every name. Huh. Jesus did not become the top dog until he became the lowest of the low. Mm. This is why Jesus says, the first shall be last, the last shall be first. You know? Humility. Jesus had to become humble. Then he had to be gentle. Then he had to be patient. Mm. That's the glory of God. This is the glory of God right here. This is all of God's goodness, humility, gentleness, patience. That's all of God's goodness right there. And the scripture says in John 17, may you get the glory too. What glory? This glory. This is the glory of God right here. If you can get those things in your heart, you'll have attained the glory of God. And the scripture says, you do this, you get the glory so that we can become one. The whole purpose was for unity. The whole problem in the garden was division. And it goes on and it talks about how uh, down there at the bottom... Uh, verse 11, and he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Watch this. What is the work of the ministry? Building the body of Christ. Unity. All right, this is the work of ministry. Make it simple. 
work of ministry is building up the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The point of the ministry, you guys are all saints, so me as a teacher am equipping you to become more unified. You see? So we can become teachers. So that you can become teachers and equip others to become more unified. Mm -hmm. That's the whole point. That is the goal of God. The vision of God is to build up the body. Right? When a sperm hits the egg, I thought about a new life is born. But if you actually look at how the baby is conceived and born and the body is built. Hey guys, thanks for watching. Be sure to hit that like button, share it to your friends, and subscribe to our channel for more content every single week. Also, if you haven't yet, be sure to visit our website at bombzs.com. We got a lot of content there, a lot of things for you that are absolutely free. So be sure to utilize us as much as possible. We hope that you have a great day, and God bless.